In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. These are the, this is the first Sunday of the month of Tuba, and these readings relate to the nativity of our Lord, completing the story uh, of His birth and then His flight into Egypt. What is often uh, used, this story is often used to go against Christianity in a way where people will say, if Jesus Christ comes into the world and then all these people, these little children, these innocent children are killed because of His coming, uh, people like to then blame Christ for what had happened. It's a, a common tactic of atheists or uh, even agnostics, people who want to find fault with the Gospel. Of course, if you took a moment to think, as Matthew is writing this, he probably had the same thoughts, the same ideas. So why is he writing this? What is he trying to express to us in helping us to understand this disaster that happens around the birth of Christ? We can't just say it's the cost of, um, uh, of our salvation. We can't blame it, uh, sort of, so to speak, that when a, like a general goes into war and he says some soldiers are going to die and that's just how it is. No, this is something very different. First off, and if you read St. John Chrysostom's commentary on Matthew, he speaks about this very closely. Um, he speaks about this very, he asks all these questions, um, and he says to him, it's okay, it's okay. he says to him, um, so, so Herod uh, kills all these people. So he says, you might say, what is this? Why this is not a solution, but it's, it seems to be an enhancement of difficulty. Christ's birth doesn't seem like a solution, but causing more problems. And the first thing St. John Chrysostom notes is, look, Christ was not the cause of the slaughter, but it was the king's cruelty. The king who uh, was, his, he manifested his cruelty by killing innocent children. Not only was it the king's fault, but he took advice from the chief priests as to when and where and what time. And when they helped him to discover when and where and what time, then he enacted his plan, which was uh, to kill the children of, of, uh, of Israel, all those that were two years and younger. He could have alternatively seen the signs of the, of the, um, the star, of the Magi coming, uh, the Magi going, and then even, the, and even the, the chief priests in telling him about this prophecy. He could have seen all of this and allowed it to happen. Instead, he decided to react with his cruelty. And then another question that uh, the people, St. John is posing, he says, you might say, for if he did unjustly, if he did this act, why didn't God stop it? Why, didn't, why did God permit it to happen? And he has a little bit of a complicated answer, I'll, I'll admit it. But he says, a lot of times the things that happen that are difficult in our lives, we say that God allows it to happen. But he doesn't press the button, so to speak. He doesn't say, okay, we're doing this. There's his active will and his passive will. 
Now, St. John Chrysostom actually, to be honest, doesn't go into active and passive. Active will is he allows something to happen. Passively, he doesn't stop it. He knows it's going to happen, but he doesn't stop it. But St. John Chrysostom says it might be the case that God allows bad things to happen, if we want to use these words, so that there might be a betterment within us, something of a change, something of uh, a, a drawing closer to Him. St. John Chrysostom also is a big proponent, a big proponent of anything bad that happens to you here takes away from your punishment later on. Um, you can almost say like we're living in a purgatory of sorts. Now I don't want you to take this like the Coptic Church believes in purgatory or this is, this is just one of his ideas and his thoughts. But for us, it's good for us to say sometimes the bad that's happening in our life is not, is not the end. It's not the end. Like for example with Saint Sometimes uh, Christ said to St. Peter in, in, when he was washing his feet, he said something very simple that can be applied here. He says, what I am doing now you do not understand. You do not understand. But in the future you will understand. And a lot of times the evil that befalls us, it's something we don't understand. But in the future we're able to understand and see that Christ's hand was with us. So then he comes and, and, uh, and he says... He pulls out, St. John Chrysostom pulls out some verses from the Bible, like David in the Psalms when he says about the um, Shimei who were cursing him, says, let them curse that the Lord may look upon my abasement and that he may requite me good for this cursing this day. Basically, so that God can see what they're doing to me and reward me good for the evil that is happening. And elsewhere in the Psalms, David says, consider my enemies, their hatred, and how unjustly they hate me, and forgive my sins. Then St. John Chrysostom, third point, he says, okay, you might say, but the children have no sin. They, they, had, they did not do anything, this was not going to teach them in any way. Touching those who are of full age, who are older, who maybe have had negligences and sins, okay, I understand, but these children had nothing that was wrong with them. And he, they go on and he says, okay, you also might say, why were they hurt without a cause? But St. John is responding to them and say, why would you, if you are going to look at it in this way, why do you also have to look at it negatively? Why isn't it that they are relieved from the pain of this world to the, the harbor which is without storm? Why is it looked at as a punishment and not something that is given to them in, in, in some mysterious way as a reward? So there's lots of things that we can look at here, but it depends on what angle you're going to look at it from. You want to look at it from a negative angle, you'll see something negative. But if you look at it from a positive point of view, you can see the hand of God working. St. John Chrysostom goes on, he says, not only did God allow this to happen, but he, uh, he prophesied about it. So, he knew it was going to happen. He had the power to stop it. But instead of stopping it with this knowledge, he foretold it through the prophecy of Jeremiah that is being read here 
And he, St. John Chrysostom says, remember that Christ said, are not two sparrows sold for you know, such and such amount, amount? And not one of them falls to the ground without your Father who is in heaven knowing. He says, be not troubled, neither be disturbed. And his exact words are, for if he knows that you will suffer and has power to stop it, it is quite clear that it is in his providence, in his grace, in his gift to us, and his care for you that he does not hinder it. And we ought to bear this in mind in our own temptations, and great will be the consolation <coughs> when we think of it like this. A disaster like this, the, the murder of all of these children surrounding the birth of Christ, St. John Chrysostom goes on to say, take this into account, the beginning of the life of Christ. The beginning of the life of Christ. And just look at it. He's born in a manger. Kid is born like in a barn. Um, he's born in a barn uh, to a, a single mother. Um, and uh, yes, he has this adopted father, Joseph, who, who adopts him and takes care of him. But a second he's born, he is sought out after to be murdered. He and his mother and his father have to flee as refugees into the land of Egypt. And that's not a short journey. You all are familiar with the geography of that region. They're going in the middle of the night, traveling to Egypt on foot. In addition to that, you, there's this wailing and lamentation and mourning, all of this murder that's going on around them. For sure, he knew, he knew this and this was known. And he knew about this later on, probably growing up in life. It was probably one of these things when they met another male their age, they wondered, how did you escape this murder? It was definitely some traumatic issue. And, and St. John says, if you meditate on all the evil and the trouble that was around the life of Christ in the beginning, you understand that it, was to sh that it was from this beginning, that this beginning was there to accentuate and to exaggerate and to sort of show the great dispensation of love and grace and power and that demonstration of power that came from him afterwards. And as we studied, as we studied in, uh, the, on the Incarnation, when St. Athanasius was speaking to the, to the Greeks, especially, he said, you have all the centuries of wisdom and philosophies and philosophers, centuries of it. The, 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 the greatest philosophers came out of Greece, yet how many people converted to the religion of the Greeks. No one. Everyone stayed to their own religion. Nobody from Egypt, for example, um, it wasn't popular to worship the gods of another country. And so whatever wisdom and knowledge came from the Greeks remained among the Greeks. Same as uh, of the Egyptians. Uh, and same of all the different societies. But this young child, Christ, 
is born into the world and through His wisdom, which is from above, through His grace, which is from above, through His power, which is from above, He saves us and is able with His teachings, with His life that He has given to us, He brings everyone from all over into this faith with Christ. Even on the day of Pentecost, you see that the different people that were there, Parthenians and Arabs and Greeks and everyone, Jews from all over, seeing and witnessing 3,000 baptized and the beginning of Christianity and the church on that day. This is coming from the power and the work of the Holy Spirit and the power and the work of the gospel, of the gospel message, the good news which Jesus Christ brings to us. So for today, this first Sunday, think about this disaster in a different way. Think about it in terms of how the grace of God, the grace of God is continually in our lives, even if the worst things were to happen to us. As Job said in, uh, in chapter 13, he says, Even if he slays me, even if he kills me, yet will I trust in him. There's no one else I can go to except to him. So in our suffering, our tribulations, we look to him. And of course, you know, everyone's suffering is different and everyone's weight is different. And we can see those that are suffering around us and we can see those who are suffering outside. But we also <coughs> never pity them because they, we think that God is far from them. So we understand that the grace of God is near to those who are suffering. And this great tragedy which happened is not something for us to ridicule the birth of Christ or to question the birth of Christ or the power of God or the wisdom of God but to understand that not all that is bad or evil, not all that happens with bad motives um, is beyond God to reconcile or to fix or to heal. And, and it's not beyond the hand of God or to see the hand of God in those actions, in those works. We, of course, we look to these uh, children and we see them as the, the holy innocents who are standing in front of God under the throne of God, uh, in His presence, um, in a way praying for us, but also eagerly waiting for the coming of our Lord. Something that we can also look to and learn from as well. Waiting for the coming of our Lord to take away our suffering, to take away our, our pain, and to take away our uh, uh, earthly, earthly desires, earthly um, uh, our, our minds are preoccupied with that which is down here, earthly preoccupations. Ask Him to come and to save us and to take away all the nonsense in our lives, take away all the things that are pointless so that we can look to Him, praise Him, glorify Him, and grow in Him. In this year of 2020, this year that we are looking to know Him more and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, you can see this as part of the fellowship of sufferings of these people and our suffering being united with His suffering. And He knows our suffering. He knows what we go through. To Him be the glory, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, now and ever into the age of all ages. Amen. The star shone.